Hi, I'm Edwards Three, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome to this special edition of All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edwards Three, and today we're going to talk about something every relationship needs, whether it's a friendship, a marriage, a parent-child relationship, a working relationship. We need to know the art of the apology, the anatomy of an apology. How do you say I'm sorry? And I brought the perfect person up here because I've had to learn many times in our marriage how to say I'm sorry. And she teaches me and will teach me many things today that I need to live out better in our own marriage and with my kids and with my own friends. And that is my wonderful wife, Beth Sri. So welcome, honey. Hello, friends. Just to be clear, you're saying you do this a lot. I have to do this too. I think you have more experience. You flex the muscle, comes more easily to you. Um, I just have more to apologize no, for. No, I don't think that's accurate. Um, I, I I don't feel like I've had this modeled for me very well. So for me, and what we're sharing today is not like my own thing. I got it from somewhere. I couldn't even tell you where, but it's been helpful for me because I like to think in templates and big picture. And so to know how to go about making and receiving um, an adequate apology, I don't know, it's just some helpful principles. So we wanted to share them with all of you. Now, we're going to go really basic at first, and then I want to share the three key things that you always like to talk about in terms of the anatomy of the apology, the three key things you need in a really good, sincere apology. When you've hurt your spouse, you you let down your, your colleague at work, you didn't turn the thing in on time, or you, you disappointed a friend, you didn't show up at the meeting, whatever it is, how do you really make a good apology? There's three key things that we need to really honor the other person and restore the relationship. But before we get there, let's talk about what, what you don't want to do. What what are some of the good rules of what not to do when you're trying to make an apology? We do this with our kids when when they're doing there's a certain behavior that we're seeing in the home that's not good. We will act out the bad scenarios and have us have them tell us what's wrong with it. So in other words, like, so like anyway. when we like we do an apology, well, like we'll act this out with the kids. We do this little role playing thing. Have we done it with apologies? We, you know. I think we have. It's been yeah, a while. It has been a it's while. Been a we while. should probably do a we probably, refresher. I think we should do a refresher. But this yeah. is how we would do it. Would be so like Beth will pretend to be the little girl. I'll be the little boy, and she does something, takes my toy or something, uh, and then she'll come up to me and she'll say, "I'm sorry if that hurt you," <laughs> or "I'm sorry, but I wanted that toy." Or I'm, These are all the wrong. Things. I'm sorry you felt that way. <laughs> like those are not good apologies. Now that's good for a little child learning that lesson, but. How important that is even for us adults. Well, I would argue that those aren't even apologies. I'm sorry, but anytime there's there's a conditional following the words I'm sorry, it negates the sorry, right? Because you're saying, I'm sorry you felt that way. Um, okay, you know, I'm sorry, but you never do this right. Okay, um, I'm sorry if that was rough for you. Wait, what? Like, that's that's just... That doesn't mean you're really sorry. It's more like you just want to say something and try and make it better and smooth it over without really repairing the rupture that has occurred. It just means something like, oh, I'm kind of sad for you that you're in that situation. It's not acknowledging that I did anything wrong. When I say I'm sorry, but, or I'm sorry if, I'm sorry you feel, I'm putting it all on you and I'm just more like, oh, I empathize that you're- Not even that. It's not taking responsibility. Yes. It's not taking responsibility for the harm done. And there can be 
a variety of reasons that one would do that. But when we endeavor to truly follow after Jesus, we're going to screw up and we're going to make mistakes. And, and it's important that when we do, that we take a minute to think about how our actions affect others, because there is something deeper at play there. And I think we truly love the other person. We honor the other person when we take the time and the care and we have the strength and habit of, of going after it the right way. So we're going to get into the three key things you need for a good apology, but we're starting with just the things people tend to do when they make an apology that makes it not a real apology. So this is, we're starting with the what not to do. So don't give a conditional apology. And then uh, on the other end of, of the relationship, uh, when the person is receiving that, what do, what do we say? We need, we need to really forgive each other, but sometimes people don't do that. And this is all setting it up too. you know, just let's say somebody is, you know, level one apology. They really mean, I'm sorry when they say it. They're not going to get into, you know, the three keys to make uh, to hit the apology really well, but they're really sorry. And so they say, I'm sorry. How do we receive that when we've been harmed? Do we say you shrug the shoulders and be like, it's okay. No worries. It's fine. Or do we be like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. Or, or do we say, you know, don't worry about it. You know, it's, it's, fine. Yeah, it's fine. You know, do we kind of just brush it off? And I would say that, that that's not, that's not the best way to do it because we want to say those three words. When we hear, I am sorry, those three words, we want to respond with our own three words. And that is, I forgive you. And I want to say that, especially within marriage, to say, I forgive you as quickly as you can, even if you don't feel it. Now I'm talking about the daily generalized hurts that happen in marriage. I'm not talking about like the bigger traumatic things. Those you're going to need more time and more safety and more care around, maybe even professional help. But when I do something wrong and I come to my husband and I say, I'm really sorry. And he says, I forgive you. All of a sudden, it's like a weight has been lifted from our relationship. And if he does something and he comes to me and says, I'm sorry, and I'm still mad, and I don't want to let it go, and I, I, there, I have nine reasons why I still want to hold on to it. But if I can just let those go, make an act of the will, and say the words, I forgive you, even when I don't feel it, I found that nine times out of 10, the feelings will follow once I say those words, it really is to say, I forgive you is a release of what we are owed when an infraction, when something is done to us, some sort of harm has done to us to say, I forgive you means that you don't have to pay it back, that there is someone that is bigger than both of us who has the capacity to pay it back. That would be Jesus. And we're going to let him do it. Um, so it really is a release. It really is. Um. That's the word I'm looking for. I, it reminds me of confession, right? You know, when we, when we go to confession and we confess our sins and then we hear those words from the priest, which is Jesus really speaking through the priest, mm -hmm. I absolve you of all your sins. I know, that's the best part. It's so beautiful. There is a release, you know, there, mm -hmm. there is a freedom that's found in that. And so I, I think that's beautiful. I, I'd also say one other thing is when we actually... Honor, we actually honor somebody when we say, I forgive you. They've taken the time to acknowledge what they've done wrong, how they've hurt us. And when they come to say sorry and just to say, oh, don't worry about it, it's not a big deal. 
you know, it I, I negates think, the gift. Exactly. I think it's really, I remember one time, but also, you know, it, it also minimizes what really, that there was something that really happened there. I remember years ago, I was in graduate school and there was an older graduate student and I, I don't remember what it was. I said something or I forgot to do something, something happened. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. And, and I, just, and I thought he was just going to say, oh, don't worry about it. Or, oh, it's okay. It's not a big deal. And he said, oh, I accept your apology. I forgive you. And I remember being, whoa, I never had anyone do that before, or at least didn't remember it. But I remember in my young adult years, that moment of that person actually saying, I accept your apology. What it did was it made me realize, you know, those little things that we do, and they may not be big things, but they are little acts of unkindness, little acts of selfishness, little acts of, I lose my temper, or I didn't do what I said I would do. Those little things, they do, they do hurt other people. And, and, and so when you, you say, I forgive you, it's acknowledging that person like, okay, there was, there was a breach. There was something there. There was a rupture and, and now I'm repairing it and, and I'm, I'm allowing this to be repaired and bringing Jesus into this. And that's a beautiful thing. So let's talk about that now. Let's go to those. Oh yeah. One more thing. You want to get? Another thought here. The opposite end of the spectrum to all of this is apologizing for everything. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, oh, that you don't like that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, I'm sorry. That. I think it's important to remember that the words I'm sorry coming out of your mouth actually mean something and to not throw that phrase around for every little thing. And I know people who, who will do that or have done that. And, and even within our relationship, we've had people call us on like, you know, your apology means something <laughs> and you don't need to just throw it out because someone's upset. You know, is it something that you did that was wrong? Is it a sin? Is it, you know, it, maybe someone's offense is on them. So again, you need immense discernment to know that. And I think in marriage, we never want to harm our spouse. So if things happen and we do harm our spouse, that's something to apologize for. But I think that's something to weigh. And if if you fall into the category um, of constantly apologizing for everything, oh, it's raining outside. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sick. I'm sorry. You know, like, like just to kind of think about that, that could be something to, to take to prayer, take to spiritual direction and to just kind of consider like, where is that coming from? Why do I do that? What's the deeper root here? Yeah, do I have a need to be accepted, uh, a need to be liked? Is that why I'm apologizing all the time? Um, that, that's good. So great point. Let, let's take a look at then at these three positive ways. What are the three keys we need to really apologize in a way that repairs and restores the relationship? Yes. So the first one um, is pretty straightforward. It is to clearly name the wrong that has been done. So instead of saying, I'm sorry, period, it's, I'm sorry that I blank, that I lost my temper, that I spent too much money at the store. I'm sorry that I was um, frustrated with you and I my tone reflected that and I didn't listen to you because I just wanted you to stop talking because I was so frustrated. I'm sorry that that, that came out on you. Yeah, I think it's important because otherwise it's just, oh, I'm sorry. Right. And it could just be a general blanket and <laughs> the other person's wondering, do you realize what you what you're sorry for. This just actually happened this evening. There was a little issue with one of our kids uh, and there was just a kind of general, I'm sorry. And then I asked the question, what What are you sorry for? And then they thought for a little bit and then they recognized, oh, I'm sorry that I 
you know, raised my voice or got upset about this thing. And, and so they actually acknowledged it and, that, and that's healthy rather than just the general, I'm sorry. Correct. So what's the second point we need? The second point is to um, have empathy, be empathetic. So I'm sorry that I raised my voice and um, was irritated with what you said and, and how, you know, I can, I can imagine that you felt this, or I bet that made you feel blank. Um, so the empathy is, is acknowledging the effects of your actions. And I think it's important with all three of these to bring curiosity about what you're saying in your apology. Like, I bet that made you feel this. Is that right? Is that accurate? Like, speak into this. Is, am I, am I, is that the right read here? And again, you have to be very careful in doing that because you might be wrong again, or you might be like, well, yeah, that and this and that and this, you know, you could get a whole litany in response. And the worst thing to do, I think, in that predicament would be to be defensive back. Oh, yeah, well, you this, because then you're gonna have to apologize more, right? So instead, and again, as spouses, knowing each other's hearts, receiving each other's hearts, and really just um, recognizing that your spouse wants the best for you, but your spouse is, there's harm. And so that needs to be shared. And to the one who's receiving the apology, obviously, the more gentleness we can bring in sharing exactly how we've been hurt, the better things will go, the more your spouse will want to do this for you. Now, I'm going to give the disclaimer here, and that is we don't live these three principles all the time. <laughs> we don't get this right all the time. It's something we've been thinking about. It. And really, I'll be honest, I've learned a lot from you just because you've been thinking about this and processing this and seeing in our own relationship and with our kids, you know, this, this anatomy of an apology. So let's summarize what we've seen so far. So first, you have to clearly name the wrong that was done. I am sorry that I did this. So we clearly name the wrong that we've done. Secondly, to have empathy. Oh, I, I, I bet you felt this way, or I, I, I probably didn't, you know, you probably really felt this, or it, 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 to empathize a bit. I'll, I'll say that when, when you've done that in an apology, I feel so seen. I feel, so, <laughs> no, really, but I feel, I feel like understood. I feel like I'm not alone. I feel like, you know what? Okay, there was a little mistake there, you know, and I want, I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think this this second step may be the most important one, at least just experientially, I say. I just feel like, oh, okay. It was just a little mistake, a little slip up. I've done that many times. I feel like you have entered into where I am and and it gives me the great freedom to like restore things and quickly get to the I forgive you. So clearly name the wrong the son, empathize. I bet that made you feel, I can imagine it was like, you know, so you're trying to empathize. And then what's the third key that we need for an apology? The third one I think is pretty basic too. It's the natural one. It's what's your plan of action? What are you going to do to, if we say, make sure this never happens again, likely some form of this will happen again, but it's helpful that when you've created harm in someone else that you want to tell them that you've been thinking about, or you would like to make it different next time, you know, in the future, I will make sure the trash is out there Thursday night instead of <laughs> leaving for work and you have to do it when you're already late taking kids to school. Hypothetical. <laughs> totally. From hypothetical. A few days ago. <laughs> and that doesn't always bother me. But when we're running late, it's it's kind of rough. 
or next time I will remember to, you know, bring you into this conversation earlier about how many guests we're having over and when they're coming or, you know, whatever the the next the plan of action is, you got to think through what does my spouse need? I know I fell in this way. If I could like get a do over, what would I have done differently? And then that's your plan of action. Are you going to fail? Probably at some point. And then guess what? You get to get better at making apologies. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but this is this is where the rubber hits the road here. And this is where we grow in humility in just encountering our spouse in this um, very delicate and tender way, but in a way that truly can transform our marriages and truly can lead to greater intimacy and unity because we don't just brush off the pain, but we go right at it together. Yeah. These are things, by the way, the principles we're talking about, we've lived it here in marriage, but we've talked about it with children and family life. The same is true in friendships. It could be with your brother. It could be with your uncle. It could be with a a colleague at work. Uh, The same kind of thing could happen, you know, in the workplace. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't get this in on time. I know that that really let down the team and, and it made things a lot harder for you all at the last minute, you know, the empathize. And, and then, you know, I, next time I, I, I'm going to make sure I get these things in early and not just wait to the last minute. In other words, like this, this little formula here of clearly naming the wrong done, having empathy, plan for action, you use it all the time in marriage. But I think it's, those are the same principles you want to bring in to your relationship with your boss and your teammates in the office, your fellow parishioners, your, your friends. Teachers and professors. Yes. Yeah. Wherever you are, this is an easy thing to do. I mean, not easy. I mean, honestly, when you first start doing this, it's going to be stiff. It's going to feel forced. It's going to be awkward. But I would encourage you to just keep at it. Like there are times where my husband, (laughs) you knew this was coming, where he'll come up and he'll like put his hand on my shoulder and be like, I'm sorry I did this. I bet you felt like this. And I'm like, I just start laughing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. But, but, you know? I, but deep down, you love it, I think. Because I do. Because you see, I really am trying. Right. I, I'm trying to do this better. And so, yeah, I think over time, this and that helps build the trust. Right. Even we, if it is funny. <laughs> but all these things, they really, they help to build the trust. And, and what is trust? I've re- been reading a book recently on... Um, marriage. It's not Catholic or anything, but it's been very fascinating. And the author says that trust consists of three things, safety, belonging, and knowing that you matter in a relationship. And I feel like if if you can get an apology formula, and if you can hit it nine times out of 10, you're going to have a great sense of safety in your relationship. You're going to know that there's belonging there because you're so important to one another that you're going to feel comfortable and natural in humbling yourself um, before the other in a vulnerable place of having done something wrong or in harming the other. And then the person who's receiving your apology will feel like they matter because they know that you're sticking your neck out in order to repair and restore the relationship. All right. So in summary, again, the three keys for making a good apology is clearly name the wrong done, have empathy, and then some kind of plan of action for the future. And all of that builds trust. It repairs the relationship. It restores the relationship. And that's what we long for. And when we do that, we're really taking on the heart of Jesus and and bestowing mercy upon others and receiving that mercy as well. So thank you so much for being on again. Oh, thanks, Dr. Sree, for having me. It's always such a pleasure.
All right. Well, it's late. We're a little loopy right now. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. And by the way, if if you do want to hear more about this and the art of building trust and closeness in marriage amidst the many little trials that come up, there's a book that you and I wrote. What? (laughs) Came out last year. Uh, What's it called? The Good, the Messy, and the Beautiful, the Joys and Struggles of Real Married Life. And you can find that at Ascension Press. Uh, We'll put that in the show notes as well. Uh, So thanks, honey, for being on. And thank you all for listening. If you want to reach Beth, how do they find you? Instagram is probably the easiest, although I'm trying not to be on there as much. I'm at Mrs. Beth Sree, and my website is borntodothis.org. Okay. And you can always find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and my website, edwardsfree.com. That's edwardsri.com. Thanks for listening and God bless. God bless. 